Good? I can't 
Oh, or you need to bring it up here. Put it right there. And uh, you can do that right now if you if you want to put a shoe. Yeah, come on up. Put it right over here. A shoe, a tie. You don't need a tie in the first place. A yeah, belt, anything. But if there's any oil, I'm going to pour it on there. So this guy brought up this real expensive leather jacket one time. And I told him, I said, I'm going to pour oil on that. He said he didn't care. So I did. Spotted his jacket all up. You know, that was actually in uh, Michigan. That's not very far from here. But it's on the clean other side over there by the other lake. I want y'all to meet somebody that's with me. Miss Hogan is here. Let's see. Uh, we've been, uh, her and I have been married for... Uh, a long time. 34? Right. 34 years. That's a long time. She's fortunate I stayed with her. <laughs> you get all these guys, they talk about, you know, how blessed and man, that woman's blessed, all right. Holy Ghost. Now come up here for one reason. Because the Holy Ghost sent me up here. Now, so we're going to do Spanish tomorrow evening. I got my Spanish Bible. You know, I don't need it now. Are you sure about that? All right. I work in Mexico. I've been down there since I was a young man. I was, uh, I'm a preacher's kid. I've been in church since before I was born. Fourth generation. I'm fourth generation. Whatever you want to call me, a pastor, preacher, it's irrelevant to me. It ain't going to change what's going to happen. And... Uh, <clears throat> In my family, we're originally from Louisiana. My grandpa, my great-grandpa and them came from Illinois, down there by, uh, by, the, by, the, by the line down there by, by Indiana. The, they had a farm on this side in Illinois, down there where you go to Terre Haute. Y'all understand Terre Haute? I probably didn't pronounce that like you would. <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, they came from Germany. And they landed there somehow. I don't have all that figured out, but that ain't relevant to me. And they preached the gospel there, and then they went down to Louisiana, and they went in them swamps down there, and that's where I came out. I come out of one of them swamps down there. I eat crawfish, and I suck their head, and they good. I was just down there and had me some crawfish just, uh, just a couple of days ago. We had a good conference. 
has me some alligator too. Y'all ever eat alligator? It's really good. It don't matter if it's blackened, fried, and gumbo, or stew, it don't make no difference. Don't change the flavor, not one bit. But I've been down in Mexico now for the last, uh, what is it now? Pushing 30 years now. I think we're right on 30. We're right on top of 30 years. I, my wife and I, I had two little babies. We went to Mex Mexico. And I went to language school in McAllen, Texas. That's right on the border. Across from Reynosa. And uh, I was a pastor before that in a little Baptist church in the Mississippi Delta. Oldest Southern Baptist church in our parish. And then we all got full of the Holy Ghost. That was 1975 or somewhere along there. Four. Somewhere in there. I was in the Jesus People Movement. It came out of California spread and and I got caught up. Now I want y'all to know that I'm not, you can tell by looking at me, I, I got off the jet, but I, I did get my preaching shirt on. Uh, thanks to Miriam, wherever she's at. She's here somewhere with a light blue shirt on. There she is right over there. Thank you. I'd have come here like I was, but I just put up a little bit of resistance to get a preaching shirt on. <laughs> Wasn't very much resistance, I tell you. All right. I got disappointed at the church. All right. Like many of y'all, y'all came out of religion, you're looking for freedom. So die. But I went out in the world first. I left my family. They are all born again. Every one of them preachers, four generations. And uh, we went from there, and I went out there and got in trouble. And then the Holy Ghost came and got me. I was part of a gang. We didn't like very many people. And because uh, they all lied to us. So we decided to make a difference our way. But the Holy Ghost came out there in that environment and got me and brought me back. And then he got me full of the Holy Ghost and preaching the gospel in a little old Baptist church in Louisiana. And then a missionary came through our church and I hooked on with him. And that's where I've been ever since. We work with Indians in Mexico. I work right now with about 28, 29 different tribes. I can speak several languages, Indian languages. Uh, primarily my best is uh, Nahuatl, which is an Aztec derivative sub sub uh, sub language. <clears throat> but what what you're interested in is the power side, not all that. Some of that's boring to y'all how we got there and why we stayed and all that. But uh, the Holy Ghost gave me an actual open vision, and you can see it. I had an open vision uh, and saw an area. We went and found it. All I got was mountains and a kind of a people I'd never seen them before. They dressed odd to me. Uh, thank you. Got the time. And uh, the Holy Ghost brought me to them. 
Took me six months. We found the mountain range. Finally, I found the village that the vision was in. It was an open vision. I had six pages that I, what I saw, I wrote it down on a piece of paper when I was in school, in language school. And then when we found the mountain range, I actually found the village. And for about five minutes, three, three to five minutes, we lived what was on my papers. It was an open vision. And the Holy Ghost told me a simple phrase, start here. So that's where we started. And I've been there now the rest of my life. I don't have any plans to leave those people. God's opened us up. We're in every nation on the planet. I, I'm not in them as far as actually working there yet, but I'm working my way to them. Every continent that's inhabitable, we're working on it now. We don't, I don't, the only place that we uh, actually have freedom ministries churches is in Mexico. There's some here in the United States too, I guess we have a few. Well, I guess there's a few different places. <laughs> Other nations, I forgot about some of them. Sorry. But the work is just big anymore. Uh, our work in Mexico, where I've been staying, living the last 30 years, is uh, we have a few over five, 500 churches. And uh, there's thousands. There's, uh, I don't know, a few thousand, over 150,000 Indians say. That's a bunch of folks. And God gave them to us. And so we took them. Everybody else didn't want them. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to take them. So we took them. And the great Holy Ghost let us have them. But something happened to me when I was down there. I run across some incurable diseases, poverty, and a few things that we could not help I was saved my wife was saved our kids was on fire for God we love Jesus but I kept running into incurable tuberculosis incurable uh, 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 ca uh, cancers uh, uh, name off some devils that we've been fighting uh, uh, mongoloid uh, cystic fibrosis um, uh, Muscular dystrophy, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, uh, all kinds of things, uh, leprosy, uh, and and I could not do anything with them. I was saved. I was full of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, but I was not full of the power of God. So I'm telling you, your problem, most of you in here. You can relate to me because I'm right. Is is you love Jesus, you know the Word of God, you expect it to work, and for some reason it's not working, but you're steady trying to cause it to work anyway. Well, the first thing I can advise you to do is stop that. Because Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. There's no amount of you in it that's going to get anything done. It takes the Holy Ghost. 
All right. So I don't even know where to start with you, but I, I will start somewhere. So what I did is I studied the Word of God. I knew, I knew the Bible as far as verses and chapters and things. And I was, I, could, I was a fairly good scrapper preacher. I was a street preacher, and I preached in jails and penitentiaries and hospitals, nursing homes. I did all kinds of stuff. Enjoyed myself when I was here in America. And God was moving. There was lots, we saw lots of good things happen. Good, good healings, actually. But then when I got down there, I got confronted with principalities that have never been challenged. Governing and ruling spirits in the high realms of demonic... So I don't even know y'all. Y'all's theologies or nothing, you know. But Brother Rod told me I'd be all right. If I can't cause you any trouble, I don't feel like I've been successful. <laughs> so, what we did, here's what we did. I studied the Word of God, okay? All the way, I started the beginning over here. Went all the way through Revelations. I studied men that, that a lot of men in there, they really... Uh, uh, inspired me. How can these men live in a current in their day it was modern? And like you live now in a modern life and you say, man, this stuff don't work. Well, see, you're, you're just listening to devils. Because that's a lie. Because when Elijah was around, it was modern to him like it's modern to you now. I mean, come on, they had new chariots with iron wheels. That was modern. But yet he was still a guy that could raise the dead. Yeah, he did. So I figured it out. I studied all these folks. And I studied their prayers. I studied their lives. Why and how did they, or if they did fast, how did they fast? Why did they fast? What were the results of fasting when they did it? These prayers they did. How did they get God to move? What did they say that God said okay about? So I studied them all the way through. I got these books, these uh, notebooks, I wrote all that stuff down, sorted it all out so I could understand it. And so I started doing what some of those guys did, and I made it as current as possible to apply to what I was doing. So four years, I diligently, with my wife and family, we sought the Lord, not the way that you churchy people get by but the way that the word of God says see when I say fast you immediately start looking for well can I put a t-bone in a blender it's pureed and liquefied does that make it still be a t-bone uh yes
But it's a smoothie, Brother David. Yeah, by the time you're through with that smoothie, you got more calories if you just sit down and eat that T-bone by itself. Oh, you're just sick. So stop being sick and do right. See, you think you got it figured out. You, a guy like me comes up in here with my my boots on. And you don't figure why God had let me raise the dead and you can't and you're smarter than me. That's debatable. Because at least I can raise the dead. <laughs> Isn't that right? And the reason I'm here is it's not to make fun of you very much. I won't do that much. Just a little bit. But I've got to touch you. I've got to lay hands on some of you folks. Because what we got now is tangible. It can be obtained. It can be left. And it can be grasped. <laughs> and I like it. A whole lot. See, your problem with me is I just got back from India and we was in Pakistan too. Every service, every day, every night, there was 30 caliber machine gun fire over our services. So I doubt if you're going to make me afraid. Because that gunfire didn't. It inspired me to good works. You know what I got to see? With my very own eyes, in front of 3,500 Muslims, I saw Jesus open the eyes of a boy born blind. Yeah. See, your problem with me is not clothes, it's not theological. I won't debate you on those issues. I'm here for one reason. Demonstration. There's no other reason I would hurry up and get on that jet early this morning and come up here and get behind this pulpit here and talk to you if I wasn't going to be able to display. There's no reason. There's no reason to be here other than that. Isn't that nice? So that right there puts the pressure on, don't it? But it ain't on me. <laughs> he does tell us and reveal things to us, but he didn't that time. And a man asked me one simple question. Brother David, would you please go pray for my son? And my answer is always, yeah, I'll do. But first, we've got to preach the gospel. So we had a service like we're having right now. Wasn't this many folks. It was off in a jungle. I could tell you where it's at. You wouldn't ever find it. 
I can take you there, but I don't think I will. They don't need your money. They need the power of God. You think they need money because they're hungry and their clothes are not the same as yours. And the houses they live in has a dirt floor. So you think money's what they need. That's not what I think. I don't think they need us. I think they need Jesus. Isn't that something? <laughs> if you had it figured out, you'd be doing more than you're doing, wouldn't you? And I know you are trying, but we're going to try harder. And we're going to succeed because of the great Holy Ghost. Y'all, I'm telling you, I went in there and had church. Forgot clean about that boy going praying for that little old boy, a nine-year-old boy. I don't, even, I don't even know why he died. I never found that out. See, to you, that's important. To me, it's irrelevant. You think you need to know the answers. You want to know what it is. You think you can more effectively pray. I think it puts more fear in your heart. I think you need Jesus. That's what I think. And I think he wants to touch you. I think he wants to let you in on his secret of his power. I want to tell you this because it's important. Because it changed my life. <laughs> that man asked me to go pray for his son after service. He did exactly what I told him. Didn't, didn't fuss or fight. Didn't, didn't do a thing. After service. After service, we went over there. Started hiking. There was this woman screaming in the distance. We went straight to that screen. It was the mama. Now, you mamas in here, I have a high respect for you. Ain't tomorrow, ain't tomorrow mama's day. And see, I got here up all, all up in this here, waving her kids. Oh, boy. Gets me in trouble when I do that kind of stuff. See, my kids are all in the mountains preaching. <laughs> my youngest boy, he's 16. He's down there with my oldest boy. How old is he? 50. 32. Yeah. <clears throat> Holy Ghost. Y'all, when I went in that hut, that daddy pointed his finger at me there. You got this. Here's the situation. You got a grass roof, bamboo walls, dirt floor, no electricity, no running water, no those things that you think that are you deserve. That actually are their luxuries. You're blessed. Went in there and there was a mama holding. Had her, she had this little boy. She was rocking back and forth on her knees. Because you see there ain't no hope. Do, do you understand what I just explained to you? That woman. That family. There is no one going to help them. That's why they need me. 
See, that gives me a job. That makes me important. Because there is folks that need me. You see, you don't think that way. You think better job, better apartment, better house, better car. It's all about you being better. When if you'd calm down, you'd get better if you'd worry about Jesus and the kingdom of God. Better would come natural because Jesus will do that for you. You hear me? And so, uh, when she saw me, she put that little old baby, that little boy down, and just backed over yonder in the corner by the bamboo over there. And now she's whimpering like an old whoop dog. But she's got her eyes on me. She's riveted on me, and I'm watching her. Now, over here to my right, there's three black magic warlocks. Brujos de la magia negra. Hombres fuertes y malos. Demonios de plano. <laughs> Devils. They were cursing me. See, in your theology, you need what y'all call, I don't remember what y'all call it, you need the airways clear or something. I don't know what y'all call that mess. But it ain't right. What you need is Jesus. And it don't matter what prince of the power of the air is standing there. When Jesus comes, he moves. I don't like you giving them devils more power than they got. They don't. They don't have it. Jesus is all powerful. Todo poderoso, hermano. Hallelujah. So here's what happens. There were another three guys standing there also. They were spiritist healers. They also were cursing me. They were mad at me because I was up in there with. Them. And I was happy to be there and look them in the face. Because you need to know who your enemies are if you can get a chance to do that. So I did. God gave me the chance without me knowing it. I didn't, I didn't know to go out of my way to do that. But then the daddy did something that's interesting. He put his finger in my face. You got all this atmosphere charged with demonic hordes and every kind of other bad spirit. There's a dead boy laying there. Sickness killed him. It's not your optimum happy situation. But the Holy Ghost honestly don't care. He cares that you have faith in Him. That's the only thing that's important. Serious. And so, I didn't know what to do. I wish I could tell y'all I had it figured out when I went in there. I'd been praying for God to do this for a number of years, but I did not know what to do when the situation presented itself. So, uh, the Bible, in the Bible, the verses came back to me in the Old Testament and in the New, where Jesus, 
Jesus and the prophets did this. So I decided to do it the way they did it. So I took hold of that little kid because that, that daddy told me So you stand in guard, right? You watch it. You pay attention. I'm used to that sound just over here in Pakistan and I had guards that best carry seven shot shotguns with a couple of backup forty fives. <laughs> you got any of that stuff on? <laughs> this here will probably slide out pretty easy if you need it. <laughs> And so, uh, he, that daddy told me, yeah, my son's dead, now you're going to do something about it. Now, I tell you, that intimidated me. Because I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do, I didn't either. I know what to do now. You reach down there and get a hold of me and say, have mercy, Holy Ghost. That's how easy it is. And then he either has mercy or he don't. But that's as far as you can take it. But you got to be ready. You got to be a soldier. You have to be prepared in your heart and your spirit. You can't be half thinking about the world and what, you know, like the Bulls. They lost last night. I'm sorry. That makes you mad. It'll only make me mad if the Spurs win again. <clears throat> All right, look. Come on, Holy Ghost. Probably go with the heat if I was you. The Miami Heat. See, I know it irritates y'all. That's the exact reason I want to do it. Because in your mind, I'm not supposed to be ever thinking about anything. I can't be a human. So you know how I'm supposed to be, but you won't be that way. So i got to do what I can to irritate you. <laughs> Come on, holy. I didn't stay up and watch the game. I tried to get some sleep. So I could be on for you if I had to be here tonight. But I did see it when I was walking through the airport. Because I was looking. Come on, Holy Ghost. Y'all, I laid hands on that little old nine-year-old boy. All I can say is I wish you'd have been there. It so changed my life. Man. Because I prayed in Spanish, that didn't work. So I moved over to Indian. That didn't work either. So I moved over to English. Tampoco. That didn't work either. So I went to praying in tongues. Sorry. I know you wanted that to be the one. <laughs> But all these languages and all these words. And it went on for a while. It was so hot. Uh, 
climate-wise, it was around 115, 120 degrees. There was a big puddle of sweat all over the kid and everything. I was just sweating. And uh, these guys were cursing me and God and Jesus. And it was, it was tough. The daddy, the pressure was on from the daddy. Uh, the mama was pleased, God. You know, she was a sister, but I'd never seen it. But then something happened that forever changed me. And I am a grateful man. I can't not smile about it. I saw that little old boy's t-shirt jump. I saw it. Those warlocks were so intent on hating me, they missed it. But the daddy was, he was, he and I were, we was on to this. You understand that? He saw it too. And both of us, our eyes, you should have seen it. It was wonderful. It was just like a movie. Our eyes locked and they were just the amazement of somebody that had been dead for five hours. And then all of a sudden we saw a t-shirt jump. There was no wind. It was just hot in that hut. And I reached down there with my ear and put it on his chest. And I could hear his heart racing. And I was just impressed. <laughs> I was impressed. Your God can do anything. Do you hear me? I'm not that easy to impress. But when I saw that boy come back to life, because he was stiff and he was tacky, he had some, your body secretes some kind of enzyme when you die and so forth. And uh, his color came back, he was a real dark fella. Indians are that way. But he had lost his pigmentation, and, but it came back. And then he got limber again, and his eyes opened up and he saw me. He looked right at me, didn't he? And, he, and one of the most important things about it was he was a little boy. But he wasn't afraid of me, and all of them are. All of them are. But he wasn't. I reached and got him. And he was alive. And his daddy was just stunned. And the mama, now she's crying because of the joy. So, yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, so we went ahead and walked over there and gave, see Jesus, I don't know if you remember this, but Elijah and a few different guys and Jesus, a few of them, they gave the people back to the mother. So I figured that was the right thing to do since it was in the Bible. So that's what I did. And that mama, you should have seen the look on her face of gratitude. Because see, it's against the rules for her to address me even with her eyes. But we broke all the protocol. And she was smiling at me. And she was just telling me one word. Taskamate nuikni davi. Taskamate. And that's Aztec. For thank you. Thank you, Brother David.
<laughs> that changes you. That makes you like I am. Free. That's what's wrong with me. I'm a free man. Freedom, freedom. You need it. Religion is a lie. Your opinion of how it's supposed to be, that's all, that's all been propagated by somebody else. Listen to me. The Word of God is true. You hear me? Turn over to Luke chapter 3. How long have we been going? What time did I start? Does anybody remember? You the man with the, with the 80 minutes, how much, how much time left? 30, 40 minutes left? 38 minutes? You're going to need two tapes. Because it's still daylight out there. we got to go to dark. <laughs> now, i got to have some of this Chicago pizza before I go back. I've eaten it. It runs a good race with New York. Now, y'all think it's better. But I'm an outsider. So we have a certainty. Ah, you know, you need to be that way about some, some things. And a good piece of pie is one up, ain't it? <laughs> Luke chapter 3. Now, I don't know what you want to hear. The Holy Ghost has let me, that, that little boy that was raised from the dead, that was the first time I personally saw, that was the second time, the dead was raising our work. I didn't get to see the first one. I was there. The girl, the 12-year-old girl had tuberculosis in advanced stages. Her skin was as, as, uh, as hard as, as seasoned leather. And, and uh, it, was, it was horrible. Uh, I prayed for her, went to church, and when I, went, when I left, she died. That happens when we touch people. And... The parents stayed with it. We came back. They stopped me. We went in. They was all excited. Had a big fiesta. I'm talking about a fiesta, buddy. And I was in there eating tamales and frijoles negros y arroz. I mean, it was awesome, man. Y'all know what they knew though here? Ese se llama fuego de Dios. Y'all know what? Y'all know what? Y'all might know how to eat. What about caldo de pollo con hierba buena? A little bit weaker that time. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. What was I talking about? What was it? Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. And what was what was it concerning? 
I think I'm weak. I'm back. <laughs> Luke chapter 3. The girl with tuberculosis. Or I'm weak. I'm, I'm, I'm there. This was the first dead raising. They set me down, and I mean, we, we had a feast. I ate so many tamales and beans, and I was going to blow up, I thought. They wasn't made by no press, buddy, down at the tortilleria. Maiz nuevo. <laughs> oh, boy, that's good stuff. Anyway, I asked him, why? What is this all about? I said, well, when you left, the baby died. And I thought, we're having a feast because the baby died. But that wasn't it. It was because they just kept praying and she came back to life. And when she came back to life, the tuberculosis was gone, completely healed. That was a good, that was a good thing. Eh? Let's see, we're close enough to Canada, I can say hey, right? Hey? Luke chapter 3, there's a verse here, I don't want to read all these. But 9, 10, 11, 12, it's talking about tax collectors and the multitude and people that, uh, that were there. They were watching John the Baptist and things he was doing. And uh, you had soldiers there and all that. That's verse 13, 14. Uh, is, is Amplified okay? I got parallel King James Amplified. Oh, yeah, my Spanish Bible, 60s. Is that okay? Reina Valera 60. You all right with that? Sure. They don't make any difference. I can preach out any Bible you bring. I don't care. No leasi. So, look, look here. Here's what it is. Look at verse 15. There's a there's a couple of words I want to start here with. Now this is amplified version, Luke 3:15. As the people, that's us. Say that with me. As the people. Say it again. As the people. That's us. You get it? We normal everyday people. We raise the dead, hate the devil. We everyday folks. That's who we are. We the people. What were they? What does your Bible say they were? They were expecting. See, people, see, I feel that here. A lot of you here, we're in agreement because I feel expectancy. See, in the, in the Amplified, it says they were in suspense, waiting expectantly. And that's something. I like it. I'm serious. I like this. A whole lot. See, another thing, another reason you have trouble with me. They brought, there was a Muslim mother. Now they are covered all up. Oh, sees her eyes. This is over, we'll go back to Pakistan. All right, you good? We just went. 13 hours. We're back in Pakistan. In a jet. 
A mother. Now, she's dressed all in black. She's a serious Muslim lady. I don't have any trouble with that. I'm good. But she got this kid, this about a 12 or 13-year-old little girl. And she brings that little girl up there on that stage. Now, we're in front of 3,000, 4,000 folks. She set that baby down. And she just turned and looked at me. I can't see nothing but black eyes looking at me. I don't even know what color this lady is. I have no idea. I don't see where that's relevant either, do you? And I'm looking at her. And she looked at me. She ain't going to say nothing to me because she came. It's against the law. How about that? And she, well, she's looking at me. And I know by the dress that's on her that she is devout. So what do you do? What do we do with that? What do we do with this issue that's presented itself? Do we try to convert the family first? That ain't going to work. See, in your mind, in some, some of you's mind, you, you have this outlet, this belief that, well, they're, they're not born again, so, you know, it ain't got nothing to do with it. They don't need rules and regulations. They got a lot of those. You hear me? What they need is for you to say, Jesus is king. Let me show you how. I saw this with my very own eyes. So therefore, there ain't nothing to do about changing me. <laughs> Sorry, it's too late. You should have told me a long time ago. <laughs> My wife, she laughs all the time. They should have told you. <laughs> they forgot to tell you again, didn't they? they <laughs> it's not our fault that we trusted Jesus instead of believed the religious devil. <laughs> I saw this. I experienced this myself. The whole family, mama, daddy, grandpa, grandma, devout Muslim people, awesome folks. They're sitting there and they're watching us, me and my son-in-law. And he leans over, my son-in-law leans over to me, what you going to do? I said, I'm not going to do nothing, there ain't nothing I can do. Watch this, here's how you do it, it's easy. Ready? You want to know how? Okay, it's easy, here we go. Jesus' name. Just like that. See how easy it was? But Brother David, I, you what? You what? The people were in expectation, waiting in suspense. Okay? You can't get out of that. You stay in that. You don't let any kind of complaint, any kind of demon, any kind of circumstance, any kind of government, any kind of social strata, you don't allow any one of those devils to get your heart 
out of being expectant that Jesus is here. They thought, they thought John the Baptist was Jesus. That's what they thought. But he, he quickly said, no, 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 I'm not him. But he is here somewhere. And look what he said about Jesus. See, they reasoned in their hearts, verse 15, question concerning John, whether he might be the, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. John said, well, I, I, I do baptize you, but there is one here who's mightier than I. You got to, first of all, keep yourself in suspense. What is God going to do? You can't know ahead of time. In certain instances, you can know ahead of time. When He prophetically drops it to your heart, you're good. Go. But that's very rare, actually. A lot of times you can figure out that things are going to happen. Like I can pretty much tell you, we're going to have fun in a few minutes. Let, let me read. I'm going to have fun. You can do what you need to. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> but look what this says right here. John said, no, I'll baptize you, but there's one coming. I'm not even worthy to undo his sandal strap. He's going to baptize you with what? So there's two things there. It's the Holy Ghost. See, y'all, most people in here understand that part. But you, you left off the fire part. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, several things happened. What was one of them? Tongues of fire sitting on everybody's head. You ever seen that? I have. It's phenomenal. I watched. I'm, I'm a blessed individual. I was trying to explain to Pastor. I, it's hard to put it in, in words how blessed a guy is. Uh, you know, you get to see the dead raising the blind, seeing the lame walk and all these things. And But not only that, four times since 1995, we've got to see the Shekinah glory fall out of the sky and hit a service. It, it comes. The first time I saw it, it was gray colors. You know, and I understand y'all got all this stuff about all these colors and these books and what all they signify and all that. I, I don't have any idea about them colors and what they mean, but buddy, she was good. <laughs> Serious. It, it, we all looked up. It was 500 preachers standing there. And we never got another breath. That happened on October the 27th at a quarter to eight, 1995. Another place my life was changed. <laughs> that was it. It really did. I mean, I was, I was not anticipating Shekinah glory. I mean, we got sitting, laying right there in front of me. I was fixing to preach. And laying right in front of me there was probably 30 or 40 people blind, cancers, lame. I was wanting them. I was anticipating some of them folks going to get up. We, we were believing it was going to happen. 
The problem is, when the Shekinah glory fell on us, everybody got healed. Ain't that something? That's, there's something in it. I had never seen anything like it. It went from uh, gray to light blue, dark blue, gold. It's, it's, it's funny what it... I don't know why it comes in them colors. I don't know. I know y'all got all them theologies and all that. Not done lost track again. Where was I at? So what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Holy Ghost to come here with fire. Now, for the faint of heart, you need to go to the back of the room and observe with a notebook or a camera so that you can critique us and make fun of us later. What happens to us in the, in the villages is the fire of God falls and the whole village comes out to watch us burn and while we're burning we're on fire 15, 20, 30 people will run in without anybody soliciting them and fall on their face and, and lead themselves to Jesus by the Holy Ghost and that's something so I figure that's probably a good way to go about evangelizing the area <laughs> so that's what we do okay what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead with verse 15 suspense and wait it expectantly that's amplified verse 16 Holy Ghost and fire now there's some, something that's got to go along with that okay so let's go over to Galatians Because see, when that, here's what happened. When that, when that mama brought that baby and laid, laid her down there in front of us, all, all I did was wave my hand. That was it. And then we started hearing bones cracking by themselves. There was nobody even around that baby. Cameras were all trained on it. It was going out on the TV. All of Pakistan was watching when this baby, this girl, stood up, healed. Isn't that something? I was just... I was impressed. That's impressive. For the Holy Ghost to do something like that. I like it. The daddy of the girl immediately fell down in the way they pray, the position they pray in, and started calling on the name of Jesus. The mama followed the rest of the kinfolks. I want to report to you the entire family got born again. Y'all call that power evangelism. I call it Jesus. But similar. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. There's something you've been offered and given. And I'm reading out the Amplified again. I can do liberty if you want to, but it's freedom. It says, in this freedom, liberty, Jesus has made you free. See, and there's, once you decide to let freedom come upon you, that's when things turn against you and decide to take it away. You thought it was rough before. But now that you've got a hold to the freedom, you can't go back. Because if you do, it'll get way worse. Now you're in a trap. You've got to stay free. Now that's just the way it's got to be. <laughs> you can't allow lifestyle, job description, friendships, kinfolks. You cannot allow government, politics. You cannot allow these things to govern your life. You have to be governed by the freedom that's in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I, I was there in this village called. Oh, no, I ain't gonna tell you what's the name of it. Is. I can't. I can't. I used to do that all the time. I can't do that. But I was in this village where this we was having a lot of fire happening. Now, fire to us. And fire to you is probably two different things. Fire to us is where Jesus comes and he takes possession of some people. In the Bible, that's what Jesus did. In the New Testament, in the Bible, that's what Jesus did. So we have decided to let the freedom of the Holy Ghost have its course. And we don't know what that means. Because it's been so organized out of church. The agenda, the time slot, the clock don't allow the kids' t-ball. Football, soccer, soccer moms is what y'all are called. City folk. <laughs> if you would apply as much time to Jesus as you apply to appeasing your children you'd be on fire with the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost Jesus is King You know, I was just over there under the Al-Qaeda thumb, and she's serious now. I'll tell you, it took me some faith. Yeah, I like it. I like to do faith. Faith's what I do. <laughs> I like it, boys. It's a different feeling. 
it's awkward because you know my life is pretty well orchestrated I can do what I do in Mexico I can raise the dead and hate the devil there and fight warlocks and on and on and on is my uh, my resume what I do there but see going to another part of the world that I've never been I don't know any of their customs I don't know I haven't never read their Bible through. I don't know that how they believe exactly. I know how the government propaganda of how they believe and other people's ideas. But being there takes faith. And I appreciated it. Y'all, I'm telling you, the very first night, open meeting, Islamabad, capital of Pakistan against the law to be born again we had an open-air meeting with 3,500 folks there 1,200 people got born again come on yeah. come on come on holy holy ghost What's in them cups? You don't know? Yeah, I'm going to smell it. What kind of juice? What, y'all have communion before you started playing? That's pretty good. Come on, Holy Ghost. In this freedom, you should have seen it when that mama, that Muslim mother, got on her hands and knees and grabbed her baby's feet, and tears are coming out of them eyes. Hey, that was a good time. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. That was nice. And she turned, looked at me, and said, I want this Jesus. Some of y'all understand what that means. That is powerful. In this freedom, Christ has made us free. Now listen to me. The Bible, the Amplified Bible says, completely liberated us. So you come along here and you think that that baggage that the devil has tacked back on you, has power, has greater energy than the Holy Ghost. It does not. The blood of Jesus is all-powerful. There is no equal. There's nothing you can do. There, listen, I tell you, I went in front of all them big gods. You get off the jet in New Delhi, India. The first thing you see out the airport, there's a billboard that says, we're happy to inform you that we have 300 million gods here. Well, that's enough. You put all the Americans over there, everybody would have one god to themselves. Maybe a few extra. See, you don't get it. You don't have the baggage other people have. And you think you got it tough. I think you're blessed. 
I call you blessed. And I call up the freedom of the Holy Ghost. I know it's tough. I understand tough. I live in tough. Okay? I got it. People I live with are in the top five poorest in the world. They work all year. All year. If there's a job. And there's not a job. But if they could, they'd make one dollar a day. Did you hear me? That's what they would make is one dollar a day. And you won't work for that for a week. You think you're getting ripped off. Well, multiply and do math. You're 50 times better off than they are at the lowest part of your life. So I got to go in there with the Holy Ghost and tell them how good they got it. Let me tell you why it works. Because when they get born again, every stalk of corn don't produce just one old broken down ear of corn. All of them produce two. You instantly have 100% more crop because you got born again. Your chicken starts laying another egg. Your pigs, instead of giving four or five and probably two or three of them's going to die in a litter, seven to ten and all of them make it. Are you hearing me? Freedom. Holy Ghost and fire. Suspense and expectancy by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I was in that village and they brought me this little boy. I pick him up. He had never heard from birth. He's never spoken, ever. I'm holding him. Immediately he starts fighting me. I mean, he hit me hard. I dropped him. He ran off in the jungle. Goodbye. Malcreal. <laughs> Spoiled brat. <laughs> Woo! About a good while after that, though, I mean, the Holy Ghost had come in there and it was good and powerful. Up comes a little old boy, and on one side he's got his mama, and on the other side he's got his daddy, and they hanging on to him. He's kicking and bucking. I thought, man, they need to do some kind of correction to this child. But what the problem was is the Holy Ghost opened his ears and loosed his tongue, and for the first time in his life he heard noise, and so it frightened the fire right out of him. And that's why he started beating me up, and that's why I dropped him. Because for the first time in his life he started hearing and he didn't know how to, he didn't know what he was hearing. To him, it was racket and it scared him. So he ran from it. And the parents went and got him, and God had loosed his tongue. And he's completely healed. Come on. Let's see here. That's enough. Y'all stand up.
<laughs> we did two whole Bible verses. I really got along here. <laughs> I need a pen in my Bible. I, I broke mine and forgot to put one in there. <clears throat> How y'all good? So what are we looking for? We're looking for an expectant heart. We're looking for a suspenseful heart in Jesus. Because we want Holy Ghost and fire. And we want it through freedom. Don't we? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Let's go ahead and lift your hands and voices to heaven. It'll probably be all right. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Espíritu Santo en el nombre de Cristo. Hallelujah. Fuego de Dios. Santo fuego. Come on, Holy Ghost fire. Come on, Holy Ghost fire. Santo eres Cristo. Cristo vive. Let me tell y'all something. Hold on just a minute. A couple of months ago, I got invited somewhere. You don't know where it was? I got invited to preach inside the Pentagon of the United States of America. I went. I walked into Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld's office. Because see, there's something you need to know. You, you know how come I'm what y'all call successful? I know why. It isn't because I dress the best. I dress comfortable because I got work to do here. You've been to see. What's comfortable to me is what I'm going to do. It's not that. It's not great speech abilities. That's not it either. I was given clearance. See, what I got that makes me smile like I'm smiling right now is clearance. <laughs> The Holy Ghost touched me 30 years ago to go do a job. And I went down there and I'm stuck with that job. And I stayed right there and I watched God carve an empire out. I've worked 
24 hours a day, 7 days a week, lots of times. Going and praying for the sick, healing the sick, going out, going to villages, getting shot, beat, stoned. I've been left for dead five times. And five times the Holy Ghost brought me back. It ain't... Hey, it ain't that they can't kill me. They can't till heaven says I, that they can. I got clearance. <laughs> I walked up to one of the most powerful men in the world to his office. And I looked at the name on that door. I turned around and looked at them folks. I had generals with me, colonels. I had weapons engineers. I had doctors. I had chemists with me from the Pentagon. And I looked at those people. They are way more qualified than I. Do you understand? And I asked them people, I said, now then, Miss Hogan was there when I brought you in there, didn't I, buddy? <laughs> and I said to them folks, what am I supposed to do? See, I'm a, I'm a mountain preacher. I work with Indians. You understand? What am I going to do in here in the Pentagon? What am I going to do at the Secretary of Defense's office? I don't have the education to even talk to that man. If you look at it on a natural stand, on an even plane, right? You understanding me or not? Now listen close. Here's what I'm telling you. I have got some of the most influential people in our nation standing there with me and here's what they said now listen brother hogan do what you do attack in the spirit world standing on that great seal of the united states of america Come on. Holy Ghost! See, it's not about you and the nice car and the nice clothes and the stack of Benjamins in your back pocket and the platinum and gold cards. and the, It's not about those kind of clouds. It's about the clearance in the Holy Ghost. That's what it's all about. I walked in there just as Courageous, you wouldn't have believed the courage was in my heart. I stood right on that great seal, lifted my hands, and just like this. People came from everywhere. But what stopped them? They they look at me and stop. It was the clearance I had. Do you understand? It's the clearance you need. We went from his office to the Joint Chiefs, went in every office of the Joint Chiefs. Every one of those soldiers that we had military guards in there, 
I'd walk in and they'd come to come about. They'd look at that clearance and go back in the kitchen. It's got to do with clearance. And I asked them people three times, who got me this clearance? All it was was a badge. But you see, it was enough to take you right to the top. It don't matter if it's just a little plastic badge. It's clearance. You're cleared to the top. <laughs> and all they would tell me is, they got it for you. I don't know who they are. Still don't. And I'm looking at generals and scientists. And <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I'm here to tell you all Jesus is king. You've been approaching it a little bit wrong. I'm trying to hear. I'm not here to. I'm not here really. I'm not here to hurt your feelings. That's not why I'm here to offend you. It's not in religion. It's not in what you know. It's in Jesus. It's in freedom. It's in the Holy Ghost and fire. What you're looking for is available. Guess where I'm docketed to go on, well, in July. I can't tell you all that stuff. Guess where? I'll be in the White House. <laughs> my, my. Boy, you didn't know you had important folks up in here, did you? <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. See, I got clearance. 